So they suspect foul play, but um, yeah, we'll just wait and see. Oh, hey everybody! Welcome to another episode of Big Damn Cast, nerdy news, geeky gossip, stuff that's fit to fill your week until you like discover there's other things to listen to. And listening to us on repeat for a week is kind of unhealthy. I'm Chris. Do you really want to? Do you really want to taste this, Johnson? And I'm technically dead, but still talking. Aha! Via the magic of radio on the internet. If we talk like this, people will just assume this is some form of radio broadcast from the 1940s. Here we are! Hello! Turn in for the thrilling serial adventures of Ghost Cat! It's a ghost, it's a cat, it's a catly ghost, it's a ghostly cat, it's a ghost cat. Oh, that's it. First pass. Cold read. Justice hunting from the shadows. <laughs> Hear his battle cry. <laughs> All the criminals are various different types of fish. <laughs> like our Dick Tracy. All the criminals are cartoonishly deformed. Like, in, in Ghost Cat's detective series, all the criminals are just fish in hats. In Dick Tracy, all the criminals are Tory MPs. Our government sucks, everyone. <laughs> they look like Dick Tracy villains. Let's, let's, we're going to talk about pop culture news, but pop culture includes broadcast services. Let's touch on the BBC licence fee bullshit that's pop going on this quiz, week. quiz, asshole. What happens when you take away the funding of a public institution? <clears throat> public... I, was, I was trying to explain this to a nine-year-old this weekend. Like... <laughs> Oh, good luck. He's like, I heard that they were that, that they were going to stop, that they're going to get rid of the license fee. And I'm like, yeah, mate. I was like, what's the license fee for? Well, it funds the BBC. So what's going to happen when the BBC have no money? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is going to happen when the BBC have no money? Well, we can still watch other channels, right? Nope, because that goes toward the maintenance and the upkeep of free view as a service as yeah. well. The network. Mm. The television network. Yeah. Also goes toward paying off certain different things that would normally require advertisers to make the whole service run smoother overall. And also this question of access. Are people paying the license fee or are they paying internet, streaming fees? Yeah. If if someone has something that's easily available that they can just tune into on a regular old telly rather than having all the other infrastructure with it, but then you take that away. Mm-hmm. What are you left with? Yeah. So everyone who's going, oh, we don't need it anyway. It's like, cool. Do you have Sky? No. Have you got Virgin? No. You got none of those services? No. 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 Right. Cool. You know when you watch any TV yeah. <laughs> outside of your streaming services, like when you watch the news or yeah. or like when you watch the football, you know all that stuff. Yeah. You won't be able to do that anymore. You just won't be able to do it. But at least I won't be paying for Radio Five Live anymore. Well, what's the problem with Radio 5 Live? Well, I never listened to it. Cool. Do you ever watch CBeebies? No. Yeah, do you know who does? Who? Millions of Millions fucking children. children around the country. You want children to go physically and intellectually hungry now. And hey, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? what? BBC News? Real fucking flawed. Genuinely is. I mean, it's the Weird issues of bias and pandering toward the government. Yes. 
which is ironic considering that the government have been trying to throw him under the bus for the last decade and yep. now finally succeeded. Yep. Platforming, horrible, horribly phobic viewed people in, in, in terms of their written news and sometimes on air. Does BBC News have issues? Absolutely, it does. But to want to get rid of the license fee and the BBC just to get rid of BBC News because it's like, well, you 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 made your bed, you got to lie in it. Yeah. yeah, there's like 17 other services on TV that lie in that bed. Shitload more on radio, a bunch in education and publishing, distribution, and also, all of that. And then you take away Freeview, there is no bed. Another <laughs> yeah. Another thing I was. Um, oh my god. Another thing I was trying to explain <clears throat> to a nine-year-old this weekend, which was altogether more difficult was trying to explain the concept of a publicly <laughs> publicly funded institution technically, in theory, shouldn't have any editorial bias, although it clearly does. Hmm. But if an institution is no longer publicly funded, then it is more likely to be influenced and biased towards the views of, of those who it. fund it. Yeah. So... If the BBC is no longer publicly funded, do you think that's going to fix the bias of the ed- the editorial bias, or do you think it's going to exacerbate the editorial bias? Oh, can I have a moment As- to think about oh, the second one? The second one. The second one. Second one. Just fuck me sideways. You know this um, <clears throat> hellish dystopian nightmare that we're all living in day after day. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get any better. No. If anything, it'll just get louder. Yeah, it's going to get louder. It'll get louder because certain voices will get louder and that's that's all that will happen. Um, this past week I was working at uh, Media City for BBC Bite Size, the educational arm. BBC Bite Size in 2020 and 2021 saved education for millions of households mm-hmm. in the UK those who couldn't necessarily have the... For example, if your household doesn't have good internet access, maybe because like you can't afford it, mm. maybe you're in a more rural area and it's just the connection is not established enough out there, you were not doing homeschooling live lessons over Zoom with your t- kids' teachers. Yeah, if you're not, it if you're wasn't not, possible. If, you, if you're supposed to be doing live schooling at home, Zoom lessons with your teachers, but you ain't got an iPad. Yeah. Or a, or, or a good... Um, laptop or, or home computer, laptop, or you're or... using your laptop or home computer to work from home. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. It's it's. But it's meanwhile, a question of, ac- yeah. of access. But meanwhile, it? you switch on the TV, and dedicated programming blocks had been scheduled with content by BBC Bite Size and BBC Learning, mm. specifically Key Stage One, Key Stage Two, and some Key Stage Three lesson packs, half-hour shows with dedicated lessons printable worksheets if you had that option if you wanted to like have the kids study it afterwards yeah uh, I, or I, I, you could I even to... you could even apply for them you could apply for them and have the pack sent out to you I, I had to supervise a little bit of home learning with the printable sheets and the the, the the tutorials and stuff so yeah it's 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 super helpful like it's and that without that you get rid of the license fee, you're getting rid of BBC Learning, BBC Bite Size, things like that. You get rid of everything. So if we suddenly have to go into some form of lockdown again in the next year, well, obviously it's not happening this year. 2027 but like, you know, it's getting... 2027, if suddenly... Uh, well, even if the funding like has to be depleted from Bite Size before then, because of where it's well, yeah, redirected. Well, yeah, of course, they're, fr- they're freezing the license fee until then and then abolishing it in 2027. Mm. So, so that's five years of yeah. no increase in the license <clears> fee, <throat> which means five years of frozen funding... For ever more expensive um, services and ever more expecting to be well-paid executives who 
don't actually contribute to anything. Um, <laughs> well, that's but, what I think I'll be started on that one. But command the, the largest paychecks because that's capitalism, baby. Um, For anyone who's listening as well thinking, hang on, we always see those BBC's most well-paid lists. Chris, you've been a TV presenter. I bet you're well... Nope. Nope. <laughs> Fucking no. Even when I work there, no. I was making a decent wage. Only the... I couldn't knock it, yeah. but it's because... I was exclusive and there five days a week, not moving anywhere. It's like it's like any it's like acting or yeah. footballing. Like the superstars get ridiculous money. Yeah, I ain't Gary the Lineker, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ain't Gary Lineker. The people who are who are jobbing, they're not on stupid money. No, it's not how it works. So it's not like a bunch of people, like every single person who's on camera is getting paid a shitload. <laughs> The majority of that money is going toward execs and heads of department. And usually, like Matt says, and this is, you know, quote me a slap, but it's true, and I, I dare anyone to, to say against it from within the system, usually a lot of them will get those inflated salaries, and a lot of them don't do the work to justify it. Yeah, the, the, the executive and upper management at most, in most companies, mm. in most industries, not just the BBC, actually get the biggest reward for the least amount of work. Yeah, and it's seen as, well, it's, promo- it's promotional mentality. No, like, no. you work hard to get to that position. It's like, a lot of the time, people don't. A lot of the time, people just get put in that position because they've worked a sort of similar job elsewhere. Yeah. And the rich get richer. But, like, this is this is not, like, the 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 core of the reason why they want to get rid of it. The reason why Nadine Doris and the, the Tory party are getting rid of it. There are so many reasons why they want to get rid of it, and none of them are noble. No. Not a single one of them are good. But also, isn't it interesting how that news came out this past week and how we've all stopped talking about the new evidence about the parties they had during the lockdowns? Well, I haven't, because I'm a boring bastard, but the point is still stands, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's diversionary tactics, folks. Diversionary tactics. Look over here, they say. So, yeah, if you can, fight for your BBC, fight for your licence fee, because... Yes, there are problems, and yes, those problems need to be dealt with. But they are 5% of the organisation. But don't get your heart set on it, because nothing in this world lasts at the moment. God, no. So that's an all-active message. Uh, yeah. Everything you hope for will fail, and we're all going to die. So, in other news... Uh, Matt's got a Transformer in his hand. Yeah, uh, oh, bits of a Transformer. Um, that always happens. If, if we're recording in the office this week, and any time we do, if there is a Transformer nearby... I have to do something with my hands, he's got, Chris. Yeah, and it's, it's this or touches his magical I've got, I've got a manual, Trevor. I've got a manual fixation. <laughs> well, there's a PS5 manual there, if you want to just read that. Not that's, that that's... kind of manual well. to do with the hands. Uh, do you know what... Uh, do you know what... There's no segue. Anna Diamas was in the trailers for the movie yesterday. Is it Anna Diamas or Anna Diamas? Anna Diamas, Anna Diamas, Anna Diamas. Anna Diamas, Anna Diamas. ADA. Let's call it Ada. Ada, Ada. Uh, star, Ada. star of Knives Out. Um, like that. Ada, that's good. Yeah, uh, absolute fucking breakout star of No Time to Die. She's in one sequence and she steals the whole movie from yeah, everybody else by being that. fucking phenomenal. Everyone's great in No Time to Die. I love it because she, she's she's the quote unquote Bond girl for No Time to Die. Yeah. And the role is her being like, yeah, I'm good at what I do. I'm f- fucking nervous though. I'm going to shit myself. Yeah. I'm going to have a few drinks. I'm going to have a few drinks. Okay. Then kicks absolute ass and is like, you, you good from here? All right. Bye, Bond. See you. Bye. Perfect. Absolutely fucking perfect. Such a great, like, twist on the trope of the Bond girls. So good. She's amazing. She also was not in the movie yesterday. 
the uh, Danny Boyle film from a few years ago. Oh, about right, I was going to say, the I, I thought you who... saw No Time to Die a little bit longer ago than that. Whoa. Uh, so that's the movie where Bloke gets knocked down, Bloke wakes up, now Bloke in world where the Beatles never existed. It's, it's how can you... How can you sell me less on a movie synopsis with every passing mm. word? Well, here's the thing. It's based on a screenplay. Most films are, mate. Well, no. You <laughs> Richard Curtis wrote the screenplay. Oh, that explains it. But he heavily rewrote it based off of a screenplay sent in by another writer who, look this up because it's fascinating, since has had a thing where he's come out and said, yeah, so here's what the movie was originally about, here's what he turned it into, and here's why most of the stuff that foundationally is there is my idea. Okay. A lot of the stuff that Richard Curtis added to it... Um, is it sentimental? ...is heavily drawn from a book about a bloke who goes to this alien world and basically becomes a cultural icon by using stuff from Earth's culture to make it appear like he's come up with all this stuff. Um, including the Beatles. The Beatles is a big, heavy part of that story. So, Richard Curtis took the screenplay that existed. Again, this is all allegedly, but I'm inclined to believe it. Richard Curtis took the screenplay that existed, that was bought out by this other guy, removed all credit for him. There's like, he's got like a story credit somewhere in the credits for the film. <laughs> took his screenplay, because his company bought the screenplay. Yeah. Um, and took this book and basically merged them together and put it out into the world. Anyone who's seen yesterday, uh, at least from my experience, the folks who've seen it will tell you either, oh no, it's yeah, no, it's pretty charming. It's, it's you know, it's harmless enough and it's kind of sweet and you know the leads are nice and Robert Carlyle plays someone you wouldn't expect in a sequence and it's quite interesting. La la. Uh, and the other half of people go, it's fucking shite. Utter. <laughs> Sentimental shy, it's really pointless. Oh, so it's a Richard Curtis film. Then. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, cool. Um, cool, cool, so, cool, cool. which have their merits, but no, they're all kind of the same. Um, Vincent and the Doctor is a fucking miracle for many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing they won't say is, oh, Anna de Armas was in this and she was great. She was in the trailers. Uh, because there was yes. a, there was a side plot with the character and she was sort of a bit of a love triangle element to the main story of the... Uh, the main role, uh, who was played by uh, Hamish Patel as Jack, the main character, uh, she featured in the trailers. The trailer is, of course, what you can watch if you go onto a film streaming service and get a preview of the film. You can watch the trailer or a clip from it or whatever. Whatever it is they offer. Netflix sometimes have a clip play out on the screen. What it is, is when you rent your tape from the video shop. Sorry, the what now? You put it in and then before the movie starts you have to watch through a bunch of adverts for other films what's that now hmm? oh that thing that dvd said it was going to eliminate and then it started showing trailers for stuff by the same studios and then they got to the point where you couldn't press skip or menu to get past them and now it downloads fresh ones if you put a blu-ray in weird isn't it fucking weird it is weird uh, I mean, you know, fair enough if it's like, oh, I see a trailer for something that I think I'll be interested in. Mm. Then it did its job. But isn't it interesting that it became, a, oh, get rid of all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's more of it. But anyway, um, yes, on Amazon, I believe it is, yeah. Amazon Prime Video, you can rent or buy yesterday. Two viewers, two fans over in the States called Connor Wolf and Peter Michael Rosa, who appear to mostly have been there for Anadia Mass's appearance, based on the trailer on the Prime streaming I mean... service, rented the movie 
for $3.99 separately. They weren't watching it together. They watched it separately. So, <laughs> Yeah, no sharing logins. Oh, no, 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 oh, no. So $7.98 no, no. has been spent in total. Anna Dear Master's not featuring the film. She features in the trailer, very yeah. briefly. Her scenes were cut. As Danny Boyle explains... It was a subplot that he was yeah. sad to lose because the performances were great, but just for the overall movie, it, it needed to go. And that was in publicity that came out around the time of the film's release. Yeah, in 2019. Mm. They are suing Universal Pictures for $5 million. Now, at the time of recording, Five. there is no news whether it's been a success or a failure. $5 million. But a legitimate case has been made to the point... Oh, but, 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 but. No, no, no. Oh, but legit- it, has been ar- it has been argued in a way that has convinced a court to take this to the next stage. To get legal, legal on this shit. Yeah. Because here's what the... Here be... Here be, according to Variety, here which has dragons. the whole lawsuit, if you want to read it online, here be their um, summation. Among other deceptions, Universal's nationwide advertising and promotion of the movie Yesterday represents to prospective movie viewers that the world-famous actress Anna de Armas, or de Armas has a substantial character role in the film. Universal's movie Yesterday, however, fails to include any appearance from Anna de Armas, or Armas whatsoever. Accordingly, Universal's advertising and promotion of the movie Yesterday is false, misleading, and deceptive. Wicked. Now, this is America. False. False goddess. <laughs> An alien spy. And other such <laughs> declarations of falsity. Um, Stop it! Sagacity! Um, so, <laughs> it being America, people are so happy. 90% of American professionals are lawyers. Because it's how you make money in the States. You sue people. Or attempt I to mean, sue people. I feel like this has been debunked a bit, but... I If the documentary series The Simpsons has taught me anything, <laughs> lawyers are commonly used and incompetent as fuck. If the documentary but series The Simpsons has taught me anything, it's that children never grow up and ugly men with absolutely no redeeming features will always have an adoring life. And that brothels on the edge of town put the spring in Springfield. <laughs> I hate I hate sitcoms animated all live action with the schlubby dickhead husband and like beautiful loving devoted wife pairing I hate it I just want to I, I just want to ask you for a split second to look at the two of us and now think of what our significant others are like report I'm in this picture and I don't like it. <laughs> so the documentary series The Simpsons taught me <laughs> that... We have plenty of redeeming features, Chris. Name one. Uh, well, I have plenty of redeeming features. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> the point is... <laughs> <laughs> he says, sat here in a Jackie Daytona regular human bartender t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you walk in a room with that and everyone instantly smiles, whether they understand what it's about or not. Mm. Just got Matt Berry on your chest. Why not? Berry on the belly. Oh, God. Berry belly. Um, point is, this this lawsuit is going through to court, the court stage. Um, it's preposterous, yes. It's fucking stupid. Why are we bringing it up? Well... Yeah, why are we bringing it up, Chris? It's based on the fact it's that... It's your fucking idea. The trailer is deceptive. 
the trailer presents something that is not in the film, right? Oh, is that so? How many trailers can you think of where deleted scenes... Clearly for movies you've watched and know, but like where a deleted scene ends up in the trailer. It's quite common. It's quite common that you'll see a glimpse of something that doesn't make it into the film, or you'll see an alternate take of something that doesn't end up in the film. Let us, for example, look at the trailers for the movie... Spider-Man No Way Home. Sure, most of you have heard of it. It's a little-known indie picture about a man in tights and two other men in tights. Spoilers ahead for that film for our next news piece. Um, It's been over a month. If 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 you're still worried about spoilers for No Way Home, tune out when we start talking about No Way Home. Yeah, yeah. So, in that, Doctor Strange, in the second main trailer, says, Scooby-Doo this crap. Scooby do this crap. Mary Jane says, actually, I think I find that your, you know, your spell is the reason why this has gone wrong. So you should uh, start mag- do some magic words I know, including the word please. And he goes, please, Scooby do this crap. That scene's not in the movie. The scene is, I mean, but he is. says, Scooby do this shit. The dialogue is different. And then he says, please, Scooby do this shit. The dialogue right. is different. But based on the parameters of their case, yes, they're presenting something that's not in the finished film. Fast forward in that trailer. There's a shot of Tom Holland Spider-Man leaping at three supervillains. That shot's not in the film the exact same way it's in the trailer. There are other characters on screen in the film in that shot. Does that count under this? Think back to Avengers Endgame or Avengers Infinity War. Several manufactured shots in those trailers. Not unlike things that are indeed in the film, but tweaked. Thor's appearance in the final Endgame trailer in the white time travel suit is that of Chris Hemsworth in the opening sequences of the movie. He's tall, slimmer build, short beard, short hair. In the film, he's in a sort of time travel suit and a fucking poncho, like, chewing a burger or whatever with sunglasses on, with a giant beard and long hair. They changed it so that when you watch the movie, that's a little bit of a surprise. Like, Thor's arc, his appearance in the film, is a bit of a surprise. Um, Hulk. Hulk's not in the battle at the end of Infinity War, but there's that big shot at the end of the trailer of them all charging across a battlefield, Hulk included. Hulk doesn't appear in that movie as the Hulk beyond the first five minutes. So does that come under these parameters? Chris. The reason why this is interesting, and the reason why this is to do with the shit we deal with, is because if they win this somehow... Does that open the floodgates for a bunch of like opportunistic fuckwads to start suing every major film studio that has ever tweaked a trailer? No, next story. See, I don't know, man. No, I don't know. No, it, it, I mean, I think I think the legitimacy will then be the legitimacy of their win will then be dismantled by the fact that it's clearly being taken advantage of. But I don't that think could it's... this could affect how studios going forward present or advertise their movies this isn't going to get even go to court this is going to get thrown out watch this space folks because the world's just the metropolitan police won't investigate the tory party despite the fact there's clear evidence that they broke coronavirus lockdown rules several times well it's all over twitter now that boris johnson had a birthday party in june well it was all over twitter but then the license fee shit's been brought back up again today and nadine doris is now talking about other tv related stuff today yeah. Yeah. No, this is ours of two hours ago. All the ITV, ITV running with it. Oh, there you go. Hey. They're, they're, they're swerving it. They're swerving it. 
Um, but isn't, do you know what I mean? Like, this could be, you never know, if this goes in their favour. Even if Universal let it go in their favour just to shut them up, this could be the start of some horrid new precedents in advertising for big pop culture releases. Like, it's 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 a weird, weird thought. Because what's next? That song in the trailer didn't feature in the film. Well, yeah, of course it didn't. It was just the song for the trailer. Well, I was told it'd be in the film. That's what your advertisement said. Fucking hell. Deleted scenes. Is Shailene Woodley going to get in touch with Sony and be like, I shot scenes to The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and I wasn't in it. So where? By Jingo? No, because that's my money. That's true. Um, do you know what else is called in the contract? This uh, is also not a segue. So, um, spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. The internet loves a bit of bullshit, nonsense gossip. There was a rumour that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, who didn't attend the premiere of Spider-Man No Way Home, snuck into a screening of it on opening night and watched it together. And everyone had a little laugh at the idea of, oh God, could you imagine? <laughs> Andrew Garfield's confirmed it. Uh, not only has he confirmed it, he said it was really fucking easy because mm-hmm. they just wore COVID masks and baseball caps. And they look like... Two white guys wearing COVID masks guys. and baseball caps. Almost like they are. <laughs> yeah. Standard white guys. Exactly. Um, um, this is a non-story. It's just a cute little, oh, that's cute. But I do love the idea that there was a screening, presumably LA or New York, somewhere in the States, one of the coasts. Slough. Where two of the star not only were two of the stars in Slough. Yeah, Toby Maguire and Slough. Is that with some underground poker tournaments are so we can go and be a dick? Talkie. There were t- What do you expect to see out of a Torquay hotel window? <laughs> Serengeti, hordes of wildebeest sweeping across the plains. Um but he's been cancelled, you know. That's why he's making a documentary about cancel culture. Uh, either die a hero. The point is, um, I really genuinely get a warm, fuzzy feeling out of the idea that there were fans in a screening watching this movie with no fucking clue that not only were two of the actors who were in it in the room, but they were the two actors they were all hoping to see. Not, see, I think <laughs> that if I was in that audience, I would sue... Because I was in the presence of two of the actors from that movie who the trailers had told me were not going to be in the movie. And the actors had had not told me they were going to be in the auditorium with me. Who would you sue? Would you sue Sony Pictures? I would sue Sony Pictures, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and the theatre owners. Could I... Instead, deflect your hatred and suggest that you just sue Avi Arad. I mean, there's other things I want to sue Avi Arad for. Some of them will probably hold up as criminal charges rather than civil ones, but... Um, yeah, there is that. You're going to ask me some questions now. Am I? Yeah, some spoiler-free questions. Oh, do please. I have to? Yeah, because it's a movie review. We got a movie review. Oh yeah, we're doing this. Oh, we're talking about something interesting now. How you swap? <laughs> well, that depends. That depends on if it was a good movie. Oh, was it a good movie? Released on Disney Plus. What within, was the movie? Released on Disney Plus within the last week, but also theatrically in dribs and drabs here and there. And uh, myself and my good lady wife and our friend went to go and see the movie in yes. a screening um, in Vernon Kay's favorite place. Bison. There it is. Knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> um, Encanto. Encanto. Disney's latest motion picture. We don't talk about Encanto. We do talk about Encanto. <laughs> um, Encanto, as advertised at the start of the movie in a little animation, um, the 60th picture in the Walt Disney Pictures Presents canon. 
if you look at the home video release here in the UK, it says the 59th because for some reason the UK didn't count Winnie the Pooh from 2011 and I don't know why because it's really fucking confused everything for no reason. Um, because literally no one else is keeping track of the Disney classics. Movie. How dare you, sir? That's They've a, got the numbers on the spines. That's a lie. Um, You've got the numbers tattooed on your spines. That's very true. Uh, in, in Canto is the story of Mirabelle Madrigal uh, and her family and the home and village that they live in, surrounded by mountains. Um, uh, their their encanto, which is sort of a feeling, the meaning of the word is like a feeling of joy, a spell, a feeling of joy. So essentially, a, a happy uh, enchantment, a, 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 a wonderful conjuring. I don't know the word. Um, <laughs> gave her grandmother their casita, their home, which is uh, seemingly alive and keeps the whole family safe. Three generations of the family, in fact, all of whom reach uh, a certain point in their youth where the miracle coming forth from the candle at the top of the house miracle uh, gives them a gift, a power. Um, the gifts of which the family have used to help the community and help build the community around them in the small village. After yeah. after the family was originally driven, like the grandmother was driven out of the her, her, her old village. Um, Mirabelle, That's what taxes are for, mate. Well, Mirabelle <laughs> did not get a gift. She went in when she was younger, and no superpower was bequeathed to her. Has she been a naughty girl? Yes. Um, just give me one second. I've got to forward this to. Oh, just give me a sec. God damn that's it! That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I've, I've had a, I've had a semi-emergency text. So I'm um, assuming Mirabelle is Stephanie Beatrice, right? Yes, which Yay. blew our fucking minds afterwards. Stephanie Beatrice is an incredible, incredible performer with a huge amount of range. Like the role that's made her most famous in Brooklyn Nine Nine is absolutely the polar opposite of the person that she is yeah. in oh, a lot of ways. Her voice is Mir- Mirabelle is so soft. Yeah. It's so soft and playful and I'm only used to her being in Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah. and having that really sort of like growly droll. Yeah. Um, again, acting. <laughs> uh, Mirabelle Dull. didn't get a gift and it sort of plagued her for years as to why. Yes. Um, she still loves her family and she serves the family dearly and makes sure that the home runs. She takes care of the, the younger uh, cousins and siblings in the group. And she's she's amazing. She's wonderful. But she does sort of feel like she's the, the odd one out a bit because she never got her gift. Hmm. When the house starts to show cracks that mm. only Mirabelle can see, she begins to wonder whether it has something to do with her ostracized and um, presumed missing uncle Bruno one of the children of her grandmother whose power was to be able to see the future and one vision had him outcast from the house so the quest begins to find Bruno and see if he can help figure out what the issue is but based on what she knows that may not be the wisest thing because she might be dealing via Bruno with the darkest secret the family has to hold. Um, the whole movie takes place in and around the house. It never ventures further. I thought you went to see it in the cinema. You bugger. <laughs> that, that may sound that may sound like a bit of a, a bit of a challenge, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a how the heck are they going to make this work? I mean, um, like it's Disney because Disney does mo- it? Disney movies tend to be quests. Or they hop around the globe or whatever. 
Um, is it a journey to the centre of the mind? It crosses the void beyond the mind. <laughs> um, it is, without a doubt, um, the best Disney original in a clear fucking decade. It's so, so good. It, it it's one the of highest those... praise I've heard for it so far. It must be said. That's the thing. I, the reaction I've seen to it mostly is people love the soundtrack on one song in particular, which we'll get to. But like, it's, it is, it 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 is a it's a masterclass in structured storytelling, because keeping it in one location but never letting it feel restricted is a balancing act that's pretty impressive anyway. Um, to have such a big family of characters mm. and people in the town. Uh, and a mystery to unfurl and people's different uh, opinions and viewpoints. Um, all that to juggle, because it's a mystery story as well. It's about getting to the bottom of something. Sure. Um, and to keep that engaging for kids, well, based on the kids that are in our screen, they fucking succeeded. Hmm. But it's also a film that when you, the more you think about it, the more littered with clues it has been the entire time. Oh, and that's you just good. never had an idea. You never had a clue. Um, it is... I like a grower, not a shower. It, it's not particularly scary. It's funny, but not in a forced kind of... Um, you know, when Disney tries to do a DreamWorks, there's none of that. Yeah, good. There is good. none of that. Um, that, that. That never, ironically enough, works. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not good. The animation is stunning. Yeah, what I've seen of it looks gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. Um, it's, it's absolutely rooted within its cultural heritage and location, so much so that the entirety of the voice cast bar, like two of them, mm. also did the like other language dubs for like three That's languages really cool. for the film. Um, I did see um, on going on on doing the rounds on the social medias the comparison for the of the reference dancers. To the finished product. Oh, that's wonderful, that and little that extract. Was, that was incredible. And shows you how quickly uh, CGI artists are able to work from home. Yeah. Because a lot of those sequences... Um, hang on. And they were all hand animated. Well, CG animated by hand, not motion captured. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it's called rotoscoping um, when you use the source directly photo referencing and uh, video referencing when you... Um, and I'm sure an animator listening to this is going to go, that's not the exact terminology. But yeah. That's not how it works. But you use, sorry, when, John. Sorry, John. Where you use a completely <laughs> closed referencing. And yeah, those comparison videos we're doing the rounds on social media of yeah. like how they choreographed it, yeah. clearly shot at the very earliest in 2020 because everyone's masked. All them fuckers wearing masks. So the turnaround... Just like you should be! What, me right now? No, 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 no. Oh, yes. How else am I meant to drink this delicious beer? Yes, yes, yes. The turnaround is phenomenal. Um, oh, is that what that movie's called? Well, the music... <laughs> this one's called The Turnaround. <laughs> I've got this one. The Trap Driver. He gets it. Um, I pretend to give a shit, but I didn't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Such promise. And then it became movie fights. Uh, <laughs> so, and now it's just on his trailers. Um... Which is probably for the best. So, um, for um, the music, <laughs> the story is co-written with Lin Manuel Miranda, who wrote the book. Like he, he, the songs are his, they're his baby. It's not obviously a Lin Manuel Miranda project. If that, you know, he's got a bit of a distinct flavour. Well, he's not playing the lead, so 
No, but you know, there's, hey, hey. there's a very distinct flavour to the Got way him. his songs are, are written. Yeah. Especially outside of Hamilton and In the Heights, you can kind of feel it almost. Like you can tell where his contributions are in Mary Poppins Returns, for example, or where they've at least co written with him to get it right. Mm. You can kind of hear it in some of Moana. Um, and there's a few others, but in this, there's only really two songs where I was like, oh, that's his flavour specifically. The rest of it is using his his angle on the cultural stylings of the piece. Hmm. And as a result, gives this beautiful, like really nice um, overall score and, and vibe to the film. Um, but the standout hit for the world, it's not even my favourite song in the soundtrack, uh, is one called We Don't Talk About Bruno. This is the one I've seen clips of, yeah. Mm, which is, as you can probably tell, it's the family basically going, ah, no, don't ask about, don't ask about him. Nope, nope, not worth doing. And sort of charting why he became separated from everybody and, and, and disappeared because mm. apparently he's this sinister motherfucker who tells everybody about their doomed future and ruins their lives because they all become paranoid that something's going to genuinely then happen. Um, and it's it's... It's catchy as hell. Yeah. And, and it's got some beautiful vocal gymnastics toward the end where like five, I think it's five, maybe more of the characters are singing their verse again in a ra- in, in a stack. Like, that know, sounds right. Everyone's yeah. singing at the same time. And you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> also, this is one of the few Disney movies <coughs> I can think of, uh, animated Disney movies I can think of, where every cast member is also their um, singing performer. Oh great! Like the, the only Good. one that the only one that isn't is is Abuela, the, the grandmother. Um, that's two performers, um, but everyone awesome. else is everyone is their singing voice and their speaking voice. Which people might be like, is that wait, is that rare? It is in it, yeah, it, can it be. is especially can the be. '90s stuff. Look at the '90s stuff. Yeah, of course. So many of them aren't that, and it's uh, yeah, it, it it's ugh, dude, just watch it. It's on yeah. Disney Plus. Give it a watch. Give it a go. Um, I wanted to see it on the big screen because uh, our friend proposed it and was like, do you want to come, I'm going to come catch a show in the morning, do you want to come watch? We're like, yeah, do you know what? Why not? And I'm glad I saw it on a big screen, but it's it's a very warm, cosy movie. It'll work anywhere. Uh, there is also, and this is, this is fucking amazing, the first, e- like, there's been Easter eggs to other Disney movies and Disney stuff. Yes. Like, you know, Scar's pelt appearing in Hercules when he's posing for a portrait, <laughs> you know, things <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, this is the first one, I think, where one of the songs references another Disney song. Very briefly, a character sings Let It Go. Yeah. Like just, just the words Let It Go with a little hint of the tune and they scatter like some uh, some substance over them that showers down on them it looks like snow. And it's like, mm. that's funny. Let It Go was like the highest uh, grossing song release from Disney as like a single something that charted. Yeah. Prior to this past week, where we don't talk about Bruno has surpassed it internationally, <laughs> including being the UK number one in the top forty this Sunday just gone. Yes, that's insane. That's really really weird. So it's almost like the film was without even realizing it going, "Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Elsa." It's about damn time we knocked you off your pedestal. Um, I we normally wouldn't always talk about family movies, but like. Yeah, please go watch it, everyone. Encanto. Okay. It's it's a good it's a good fucking time. It's a good time. Jealous is a good time, or at least we seem to think so. I think I, I don't think, know I why think, people don't like this show, but I here think, we go. I think we're in the minority. It's so weird. Um, not weird that we're in the minority, but just weird that like I get, I'm not seeing much love for this at all elsewhere. The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter Four. 
Um, I am Boba Fett. I am Boba Fett. Take a shot. <laughs> Take a shot every time he says it. I am Boba Fett. It's a very tall shot glass. Mm. <laughs> what, I've sir? I've got a very small mouth. Because they should be sick of my fucking voice by now. Um, what oh, happened in episode four of Boba Fett? So, we return to some flashbacks of Boba Fett's time on Tatooine as we find... Tatooine. Uh, as we finally bridge the gap between his leaving the Tuscan tribe and encountering and encountering encountering uh-huh. and saving the life of one master assassin Fennec Shan. But we saw that we saw Fennec Shan dead no, in the Mandalorian it, series. Now one. we see proper what actually properly happened, like mm. and that. Um, uh, what I liked was they didn't use the same shot. They could have used the same shot of the boots yes, walking to order, yeah. and instead they did that moment. From a higher angle from his POV. Yes. Which was a nice little bit of, okay, that's different. I like what you're doing. Um, and then... And <laughs> well, we see we see his, his immediate port of call as he wants to usurp Jabba's palace. Yes. And we finally get the reason why that's a target. Which is, he sort of wants to make a point. He, wa- he wants his shit back. Hmm. He wants Slave 1. And he wants to never have to work for any fucker ever again. No. I'm going to be the boss now. I mm. just got knocked into a fucking Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Like, like he's aware of how fucking tragic and pathetic his end could have been. Yeah. Like, he is aware of it. The show is openly going, yeah, it's fucking awful. Like, genuinely crap and hilarious what happened to him in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But what does that mean to the dude who nearly got digested over a thousand years? And it's a bit more serious how, than so that. So we still don't know how long he's in there as well, because the flashbacks mm. we've seen have to cover a period of about five years. Mm. From him getting knocked into the Sarlacc pit yeah. to him appearing in the Mandalorian. He could have been in there quite some time. He could have been in there I mean, a long time. The sail barge, when he gets out of there in episode one's flashbacks, is pretty decayed. Yeah. Like, there are chunks of it missing, and there's no, yeah. sm- there's no smoking rubble, so it's not recently... And you're in a desert he... that will not rain, so nothing's put that fire out other than time. How long is he with the tribe <clears throat> for? Yeah. 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 We still don't know that. But what we do know is that he enlists Fennec Shan's help to retrieve his ship from Jabba's palace, and that she decides to join him on his quest. His merry quest. Um, his merry quest. His merry quest. The first step of which is getting his arm back. And the first thing he tries is to go and see if it's in the Sarlacc, which ends about exactly as well as you'd expect um, with a dead Sarlacc. Uh, but, and then we get back to the present day of the show. We get the revelation that he's now fully healed from his wounds. Yeah, So took a no while. more prosthetics for Timmy Morrison. Um, and... I was sick of having that shit on my face. Well, yeah, we get a bit more of dialogue between him and Fennec where she's telling him, look, you need her back to tank. Yeah. You you are still acid scarred. It's like, mate, you are fucked. It's not going to get better without a back to tank. You are fucked. Yeah, get in your bath. Get in, get in your blue bath. Do I have to wear the little diaper that they put Mark Hamill in? Yes. No, just 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 put on some like shorts. You'll be fine. Yes. Okay. Uh, what if I want to wear the little diaper? No, Tamura. No. We know you are like the fucking trimmest sixty-year-old there is in space, but put on put on a robe. Um. Because yeah, he comes down at one point and he's like he's just wearing like a bathrobe. Yeah. Well, that was last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. well it's after yeah after we nearly get choked out by Grissant. Who um, <laughs> we see again? Yeah. In the present day, just lingering on Tatooine. Well, yeah, back in the present day with a fully healed Boba, we now get him 
starting to put pieces together for his war on the Pike Syndicate. Mm-hmm. So he meets with the, some of the other daimyos. That was nice. That was cool. And yeah. it sort of shows off that he's not just a brute force. He's got some cunning to him. Um, and he's fair as well. He makes he the whole fair. thing of being like, look, if you don't want to get involved, that's fine. All I ask is that you don't give them any information yeah. they could use to defeat Stay me. neutral. And we will all benefit. Yeah. If you do that, I will fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, fair enough. Um, and it's yeah, not until not until they threaten him that you realise that their 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 dinner table is on top of the sarlacc pit. Oh, the, not the, sarlacc the, pit, the, 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 the rancor's pit. pit. Yeah, rancor pit, um, which is a great moment. Um, and shows that he's been bonding with it still because he yeah, like feeds he it, feeds like it. he feeds it like a womp, womp rat leg or yeah, whatever. Love it. So it's oh, like yeah, yeah, and also we get in the flashback him bonding with his banther. Yes, which is quite, so it shows that he, you know he's developed that side to him. As Lucy said when we were watching it, she went, "He loves animals." I went. Yeah, she was like, no, think about it though. Every animal he's interacted with, he's shown the utmost love and respect yeah, towards. He likes animals. He loves them. Even the dog. Even when he had to choke out the dog, he apologised. He apologised to the dog. <laughs> sorry, sorry about this, mate. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. No hard feelings. <laughs> so, okay. um, so yeah, like it, it's true, and he loves his rancor. And uh, yeah, he, he's like, right, they all get it. They get the basics. Mm-hmm. Good. But in the flashbacks, when he infiltrates. Um, uh, Bib Fortuner's palace to uh, get Slave One back. We have two really fucking creepy kitchen droids. A fucking great kitchen droid. So creepy looking. The one with the six arms and all the knives. Ah! Um, the fact that Fennec sl- slits its throat. Yeah. Which is its oil pipe, so it like bleeds out. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's grim, but also not because it's a puppet. Droid violence. So we're fine with this. And then there's this little fucker. The rat catcher. The rat catcher who, um, the, the... who is so panicked by who he is. Yeah, he just turns himself off. He turns off. himself off and he just dumps <laughs> it. He just dumps it in a pot. But then in the present day, later in the episode, you see it's knocking around. Yeah, it's back. So he when they went back, he's turned the fucker back on. <laughs> Which means that even he was like, yeah, no, like, fair enough. He was scared. I'll just turn him back on. It can work for us. It's like, okay. Well, he kept the Matt Berry droid around, so. He did with the torture droid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, like, there isn't a big plot advancement in this. It's more tying up the flashback sequences in a neat little bow. Although we do get a little tease towards the end. So we asked... Well, you talk about the cliffhanger. He asked for, he asked for Chrysanthemum's help. Yeah. And enlist Chrysanthemum's help. Possibly. After Chrysanthemum fucking kills a, a patron of Doesn't the kill, casino. Do, we finally get to see a Wookiee tear someone's arm out of the socket. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is that wonderful... So the bar owner tries to talk him down from taking Beautifully off, performed taking scene as well. Ocean. So well done. And for a moment, you think yeah. he's going to go for it. Because she says, like, we won't even ask you to... We won't even ask you to pay up your tab. Yeah, just... Just put him down, go forward, and we'll all be on, like, good stead. And she's basically calmed him. Like, it's a two-minute yeah. monologue. And like, see, think he's gonna go for it, and he just rips the fucking Trandoshan's arm off, and then pays his tab. That's the bit where I was like, "Oh, that's some, that is some genuinely good writing. That's beautiful." Yeah, like he's not he's um, not even going "fuck you," I'm leaving. He's like "fuck you," and "fuck you," <laughs> and then just leaves. Um, but um, then uh, we do also get. Boba realizing he's gonna need a bit more muscle for the job, and you hear the light motif. Of the Mandalorian. So, which begs the question, next week, 
Are we gonna? Are we getting Pedro Pascal? Are we, are we gonna Mando, baby? Or someone dressed in the costume and Pedro Pascal dubbing it, like? Or Orb, possibly Orb. Are we getting Bo-Katan? I wouldn't say Bo-Katan. Oh. I think we're probably more likely to get the covert. Those who survived. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're getting the Mando. But I think we're more well, likely to get the covert than Bogotan. I saw an incredible tweet that says, if you've never seen The Mandalorian, the cliffhanger to Boba Fett this Makes week no was Boba Fett learnt that money can be exchanged for goods and services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's got a ton of money. That's the cliffhanger. Money can be exchanged for goods and or services. Oh, that music's nice. <laughs> See you next week. Like, it almost needed just one shot of, of them making the call or something. And just so you go, oh, shit, it's happening. It was a bit like, yeah, that But is then weird. again, how many people are watching this who haven't... True. ...seen... True. ...The Mandalorian? Um, if you've not seen The Mandalorian, why are you even watching this? They're true. They're, well, you might just be a big fan of Boba Fett. I mean... Loves you some Boba Fett. And then you watch it and you spend ages on Twitter going, it's a bit boring, isn't it? A bit boring. Do you know what I love about it? I, I think I think the reason I love this is the same reason I love like The Eternals. Sometimes it's nice for the genre stuff to just sort of not be particularly complicated and just take its sweet time. Yeah. I don't mind that. Sometimes. I don't mind stuff that's like, here's something really badass every sort of, every like 50 minutes, here's something really like, oh shit, that was cool. Sometimes. And the rest of the time, just, just kind of take it easy. Sometimes you just need to drop a seismic charge down a, the Salak's throat. That was beautiful. That was fucking beautiful. Salak beat confirmed. Yes. That, Retractable so, so Salak we, beat So we were confirmed. watching it and I was like, Lou and I were watching it, I was like, yeah, so that it looks like they're going original trilogy then because it's, it's exactly just the teeth the in the thing. sand. I said exactly the same thing. But then film brain, like, you know, film studies language sinks in and I'm like, everything's starting to soften in the soundtrack. A jump scares about jump to happen. Jump scares coming, baby. Is it going to be someone clawing out? Nope. Or is it going to be? Oh, there's an eye. In, it's going to be the beak. It's Fucking the beak. beak comes out. The beak. So what they're basically saying is, whether you prefer it with a beak from all the special editions, or you prefer how it was in your childhood with the original films, and they you know before they were tinkered with by George. You can whichever have it way, both ways. You can have it both because guess what? In the originals, it had a beak. It just never used it. Mm-hmm. And it's like fair enough. Fair enough. So we're assuming that's a dead Sarlacc now. But then for people who hate the beak, look, it got fucking blown up from the inside. Yeah. So there, we killed the beak. Are you yeah. happy now? And it's like, fair enough. And we got the old, I'd love the seismic charges. Mm. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about the name change for the ship? Did they change the name in this? Yeah. What was it changed to? Because it was it was Slave 1. What did they change it to? It's Fire Spray. Fire Spray? He says, with the Tecmo Fire Spray gunship. Oh, so he's like... He doesn't refer to it as slave. So he's describing... It, so that's like the class it is. It's yeah. a fire spray gunship. But he's, he's said in interviews they don't refer to it as slave one anymore. I think that's fine. I think I think just never refer to it by its name anymore. Because uh, then all you have I to do in the merch is refer to it as Boba Fett's gunship. That's easy. I think that's there what they've go. done, yeah. Because it was... Because you, you, you you're not giving it a new name. You're just not giving it the weird name it had in the first place. They stopped calling it slave one in the merchandise... Boba Fett ship, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, gives a fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I get it in a way because it is like it does make you go, why is it called that? Yeah, and there is no reason for it that would make you go, oh, that's uncomfortable. It's just a weird fucking name. It's, it's an odd name. Yeah, like they did a similar thing with um, you know, what was once known as Slave Layer. 
they got rid of all slave layer merchandise after Disney acquired it. Cause they're like, we don't really want to be putting out that as a you know for kids. It's just weird, isn't it? It's like over sexualizing the character a bit. Like obviously, Return of the Jedi, she's dressed like that because Jabba's kidnapped her, and he's sort of embarrassing her by making her be basically one of his degraded slave girls. And yeah. she's, like that's the point. In this, the whole thing is it's meant to be like he is he is embarrassing her. He is shaming her by doing this. Um byproducts of just the fact that Carrie Fisher was fabulous is that she looked really fucking cute in that outfit. Oh, yeah. Um they knew that, so did some publicity stuff with that outfit around the time of the film's release. Oh, yeah. Carrie Fisher being as far as we know with that outfit, all in. She's made she made jokes about it since, mm. like, fucking hell, I think chafed or like, oh you wouldn't catch me in that now, would you? Haha, <laughs> and all this that, and the other. But then Disney decided to discontinue it. And then since they've gone back on that, but they've made a name change. So you will still see Slave Leia merchandise now. Like, not as often. It's not like they're going to be putting it on any posters, but like you will still see that design for the character show up in collectibles and whatnot over time. Yeah. But the outfit is now referred to as, do you know this? Do you know the name change? Hut Slayer Leia. Yes. Because to be fair, that's the outfit she's wearing when she fucking chokes out the galaxy's biggest gangster bitch. Yes. <laughs> like, she chokes Jabba the fuck out with a chain. Everyone goes, Jabba killed in the barge crash. It's like, nope. <laughs> Jabba gets strangled to death before the barge even collapses <laughs> by Leia <laughs> using the chain that she's attached to. Like, yeah. she uses the chain that is a sign of her subjugation, forced, like, subjugation to Jabba to throttle the fucking life out of him. Brilliant. Which is like, like. We like that. So as far as the name change goes, very cool. Can you still... Are you listening to this now and going, oh, right, so I'm not allowed to find her attractive in that outfit? Of course you are. Just, you know, don't be weirdly obsessed that merchandise made for children hmm. has changed the name to be slightly less fetishy. That's what OnlyFans is for. <laughs> what, would the, what would the Star Wars equivalent of OnlyFans be? OnlyFans. OnlyFans. That's, that's the name of the Twilight, right? Was it like U- Ula or Ula. something? Yeah, in, Ula fans. In Jedi, yeah. There you go. Um, there you go. Ula fans. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, I think Max Rebo's got a SoundCloud. What is the erotica <laughs> scene in Star Wars like? Is it all Twi'leks? No, it's it's uh, it's virtual reality headset performances oh, yeah, of, course, of, course. Of, of of a pop star really in a shiny songs, wig yeah. singing a romantic yeah. song or some uh, like tinkling visuals. Is it romantic? Um, that's what that's what Chewie's granddad jerks to anyway. They have got, in in Clone Wars. They have like got the the clone troopers and stuff have like posters of Twilight pinup girls on their bunks and things like that. There you go. And we've got we've got um, hot Twilight Twilight uh, girls and Twilight guys walking around the casino. Yeah, like, it was nice to see hot Twilight guys. It's like there you go. Yeah, there I'm liking seeing male Twilight sex symbols. That's that's what we want. We I think, want. I think I'm liking it a little bit more than you. But. Oi, 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 wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But, uh... Ah. <laughs> and the penguin was there, too. <laughs> but, um... Ah. I'm pretty sure there's been two holiday special references lately. Yeah, Boba Fett in episode three says, like, I've ridden beasts ten I've times its size. ten times its size. And Disney Plus have put that animated short yeah. on the service. Well, they reference it in the Star Wars gallery for The Mandalorian as well. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? Fucking because that his gun in that yeah. is the one that based uh, on Din Djarin's is Boba based has, on. Yeah. Um, the animation. It's mad that we're at that point now where they can go. Do you know what? We are going to allude to the holiday special, but just that. 
Well, none of, none of it exists other than that. I'm pretty sure there's been other illusions. There has to have been. Oh, Disney theme park fan nerds. The little dude, the little droid in the uh, casino that's dishing out the cards is either or just the same make as Rex, who was the droid that piloted Star Tours, the original ride uh, at the Disney parks, yes. played by Paul Rubens, mm. who Star Tours across the world, apart from Japan, I think, has been replaced with uh, Star Tours The Adventure Continues, which is a confusing-as-fuck one now. It, it's a prequel to Star Tours because it's set between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. C-3PO is your pilot, voiced by Anthony Daniels, so in each of each of the ride vehicles that you're in, whichever one you get put in, uh, there is a C-3PO animatronic piloting it and talking to you the whole time, turning well, around. Someone needed a new conservatory, didn't um, <laughs> human cyborg and conservatory extension relations. <laughs> um, but like, like so, in that version, there is a packaged version of Rex that's like being shipped in in the one of the 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 walk-in sections in the lobby. Uh, so it's like they're obviously bu- they're getting ready to build that the, sort the, of robot the Star to Tours use. One, yeah. yeah. So that was a nod. And then, although those rides now have different ride films that cover all three trilogies, so it gets really fucking confusing. Cool. But all of it, up until you get in the vehicle, is set between the prequels and the original trilogy. Um, in the US parks now, Batu, the, the the areas you can walk around with the new rides, yeah. um, like the Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance, um, in the bar you can go there where you can buy alcoholic drinks and you have to like take a ticket to get in at a certain time and everything you can mm-hmm. go and have drinks and food in this bar that's themed like a obviously not directly Mos Eisley Cantina because it's a new planet but it's got decor similar to it is Max places. Rebo playing there? Max Rebo is not but the DJ playing music is Rex voiced once again by Paul Rubens Tell so me. in the and they've said that, that that area and the land that that's set in in the parks is canon Batu is referenced in Rise of Skywalker um, if you go to Batu at the parks the stuff that's going on there is set between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. So, like, certain characters who would be around show up on missions and spying around and whatnot. The Falcons park there to refuel. Um, Hondo ties it into the... Hondo ties it into the Clone Wars, Wars yeah. And you get to see him in what he would, what he would look like in live action because he's on view screens played in live action by someone yeah. and there's an animatronic that talks to you and both voiced by Jim Cummings. Um, and it's like, oh, that's cool. Hondo survived the original trilogy and halfway through the pre- uh, the sequel trilogy then. He's done all right. Mm. Um, let's guess what happens when you're a space pirate. Well, so the late, apart from Galaxy Edge, the latest he's shown up canonically is Rebels. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rebels is set pre the... It's pre-New Hope. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so yeah, so this confirms that he makes it through the next 30-ish years. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the whole point is the park's canon, so based on where you want to sit with it all, this means that Rex pilots Star Tours during the aftermath-ish of the original trilogy, ends up on Tatooine as a as a basically a card dealer and, and table like MC, Tatooine. and eventually ends up on Batu um, as a DJ. So, fun! I like that weird little shit. This series has got stuff from the rides, from the fucking holiday special, from the Clone Wars, from the Marvel comics. Like it's mm. it's kind of it it it's not why it's fascinating, but it's cool that nearly every element that's kind of cool on its own in the show, you can go, well actually. It's canon welding. That 
was over here. Taking all the bits of the cannon and just going... (sighs) Like, Bob has not contradicted his previous meetings with... um, Oh, what's his name, Wookie? Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. Mm. He's not contradicted their previous meetings because they've met at least twice before yeah. the events of this It doesn't series. seem like they know each other well, but, but he the, does recognise They him. sort of give each other that look of like, oh, you. Even yeah. even with his helmet on, you can tell he recognises him when he when he pops up in episode two. Anyway, I'm still enjoying it. Is it a seven episode run? Seven, I believe, yes. Isn't it weird that we never get the definitive numbers for the Disney Plus shows until halfway through them? They just want to keep us on tenter hooks. Just want to tickle our little balls. Tender hooks. Well, I'm, the scuttlebutt I'm hearing is that Moon Knight's six. Yes, Moon Knight is it. The, the rest of the upcoming Marvel ones are all sixes, except for She-Hulk, which is ten. I think six is a good number. We'll see how ten works, though. Yeah. Ten, ten is joint with What If for the longest, I think. No, six What feels... If is nine. It was meant to be ten. And one of them was removed from production during Feels the run. Feels like 10. Um, uh, the, the, the What If Tony Stark uh, ended up on Sakaar one is, is, was the one that was taken Oh, uh, yes. That was the yeah. one with Gamora. And, um, Which is why she just shows up. Yeah, fully formed. And why there is a Lego toy of a Sakarian Hulkbuster armour. Um, yeah. That's the thing. Um, they'll probably end up making that in Series 2. Why not? They've got most some of the animation ready and they yeah. might as well just reprise it in Series 2. You've probably got the voice... Oh, but a bunch of the voice stuff. McWingert for Tony, at least. They'll have all of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, d- d- uh, recommend... But if you still watch Book of Boba Fett, recommend it. It's nice. It's it's sort of the easy listening of Star Wars viewing. Which kind of is how Star Wars should sit for me. Yeah. It should have its tense moments and like... Which this totally does. Peaks and, and action beats and everything. <clears throat> I mean, this one's got a really cool sort of like chaotic action sequence of them getting the ship yep. out of the hangar. Yeah. Um, and some really neat world building again with the with the mods and and the whole cybernetic implants and the fact that Fennec I is love... quite rightly horrified at first, but then sort of takes stock yeah. of what it means. It's like she's not dead. She's got to take this fluid, but that's fine. Whatever she had to eat and drink before, now she has to drink this stuff. And then that whole thing if she sticks around with him long enough to go, do you know what? Maybe he's got a point. Maybe we should start working for dickheads and maybe we should start... Maybe we should become the dickheads. Yeah, we we are the one who knocks. What? Do you have any emails this week that we're going to cover? Breaking Boba. No, um, we don't. None of you don't like them anymore. Do they you? hate... I think they hate us. You know, you know why? What? I hate us too. Oh. 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 I hate us too. What's well, just a sad ending. I'll end it there. All endings are sad. Unless you pay for them. Dirty boy. Hey! How do they get in touch with us, you big damn boy? Uh, well, you can do a number of things. You can howl at the moon in the tongues of your ancestors. But only in the third rotation. But only in the third rotation. Yeah. Um, that's very important. If you're in the second rotation, you will uh, unleash the eldritch horrors. Yeah. Um, they're called Joe Rogan. <laughs> Uh, so you can tweet us at Big Damn Cast and keep an eye on there for you know stuff. Filth. Uh, you can message us, can send us an email, send us a long form communication <laughs> over at bigdamncontact@gmail.com. Long form communicate. You can occasionally watch stuff on twitch.tv forward slash Big Damn Stream. I don't know when I'm going to stream again. Probably never. But Chris does. Um, and you'll be, you'll be streaming when like the house is fairly quiet occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, God, I need to do something to stay awake. 
we'll see what happens with that. But that's well, that's a topic for another time. Well, and uh, my favorite bar. You can of course, you can of course, <laughs> if you should for some bizarre reason want to uh, fund this madness, help fund the show at patreon.com forward slash big damn cast. That is all I've got time for. So. <laughs> All we'll say is... All we'll say is... 292 down. Yep. Eight to go. Big fat eight. <laughs> one job. One fat eight. <laughs> no, no.